whatever so one sows to this, whatever a man sows, this he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. That uh, metaphor that is used there, it's kind of a, a metaphor taken from the agricultural life, and that's something that we're, that's just how simplistic the Bible can be. Can be can explain things in such a simple and clear and concise way, and yet it can be so so profound. And uh, the principle of what you plant in the ground is what you're going to reap in your harvest. If you put um, tomato seeds in, that's what's going to come up. I can remember my my uncle, uh, his garden up in Briarcliff Manor at the King's College, and I used to help him do a lot of work with him in the gardening and stuff, and a lot of weed eating and uh, hoeing to get the weeds out and stuff. And I can remember being out there and going down the aisle, the, 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 I call it the aisle, we had the plants and uh, planted, and we was pulling up little tomato plants. And I said, you shouldn't be pulling those up. He said, yeah, they're weeds. And I said, well, they're tomato plants. The last year, the tomatoes that were here, they died, there was seed in the ground, the seeds are sprouting, you get a little tomato plant. And he says, you know what a weed is? I said, yeah, it's, it's something besides a tomato plant. He says, a weed is a plant that's growing where you don't want it to grow. And uh, so it doesn't matter what it is, if it's there and you don't want it there, pull it up, it's like a weed. And they got to thinking about that, that this principle here, uh, what you sow in your life, <clears throat> you want it to grow. You want it to produce something that's good. You want it to be a good harvest. And uh, the Bible is clear if you're sowing to the flesh, if you're living for the flesh, if the flesh is dominating your attractions, your investments, where you put your time and stuff like that, the byproduct of that is going to be death, spiritual death. Uh, you're not going to have the spiritual life that you want to have. And uh, it's it's really a very easy principle to see, isn't it? Really, truly, really, that what you put in your life is what you're going to reap. And uh, the fact that he prefaces this section with a little statement, be not deceived, is to me very insightful very it's really an eye-opener because it tells me that this verse is is communicating something that we are all easily deceived by is that we really think that we can sow to the flesh that we can put uh, things in our minds in our lives that cater to the flesh and yet at the same time reap a spiritual harvest and the bible says when you're doing that you're trying to mock God. I, I remember again my uncle Arthur uh, telling me he was he grew up in a family on farm up in uh, New Jersey area, Pennsylvania and New Jersey area. And uh, he, he had several, a brother, he and his, his brother were always getting each other in trouble. One would do something and the other would get blamed for it. And uh, he said that one time he did something and his brother was getting blamed for it and he was getting a spanking for doing it from his dad. He could look down the hallway at the two doors and he could watch him in there as he was getting. And so he was up there like that, making fun of him, sitting, <laughs> laughing, doing all this kind of stuff. Mike, what he's doing is mocking him yeah. and making fun of him. And he said, his brother told, told him later, he said, 
I was so mad at you. The staking didn't hurt. I couldn't wait till I could get away from that and get hold of you. But uh, we, we're mocking God when we're doing that, when we think that we can live our life. And, and I'm learning that. That's, you would think that's something so basic in the Christian life. But the, the, the church today is filled with uh, fleshly living and fleshly indulgence. And we do that every, all the time. And everything we see and everything we listen to uh, attracts our attention away from the Lord, distracts our love for the Savior. And it, it, we're just really um, drowning, I guess, in a sea of, of fleshly self-indulgence. And so... Uh, the Bible says, you know, if you're going to live like Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. It, it doesn't generate a lot of attraction. And yet it's the life that is separate that really gets people's attention. And they see your heart. They see your, your passion. Uh, I want my heart. It's not there. But I want my heart to really put Jesus first and to really love him and to seek to serve him. And I appreciate uh, people, when they come up and they'll ask something or say something that brings into question, are you doing something that's, that, you know, that is not conducive to Christian growth or whatever? Those are questions that are good because we're in the body. We love each other and we want to, to support each other and encourage each other in the things of the Lord. So this is the verse that I wanted to leave with you. <clears throat> that verse, be not deceived. The reason he says that, be not deceived, is because here is an area which is a real danger of being deceived. God is not mocked. You, you're trying to mock him when you put stuff in your life. Uh, if you sow to the flesh, the one who sows to the flesh is going to reap death or corruption. That's spiritual death and corruption. Sowing to the flesh just turns your, your heart off from the Lord. You'd much rather go to the Super Bowl than you would to read your Bible or do, different things like that. But these things are attractive to us and they draw us away. So, uh, so do the Spirit. Bible reading, prayer, witnessing, growing, things like that. Uh, delight in the Lord. That's another verse of mine that God has really been working in my heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and you'll give you the desires of your heart. You'll reformulate the desires of your heart. So he's, he's so patient with me. I just really appreciate very much. I really appreciate his, his patience with me and showing me these things in my life. Because I've, I've been um, easily kind of fooled or led astray. In my life and it's, so I'm very very thankful for his goodness for his mercy for his grace for his patience for his love and, and thank you thank the Lord for the family that we have here and what he's doing in your life and uh, what he's teaching you and what you're teaching me and so I'm very thankful for that well what I'm going to do is I'm going to close in prayer now do we have two people that are going to do the elements okay Larry and Rick and uh, Eric you mind doing them what is, what is that? okay I'm going to open in prayer, but I'm not going to close. I'm going to sit down, and everybody that wants to pray can pray. And uh, when it's an, a law, Pete, do you mind closing the prayer time? Father, would you thank you for this time? This is the one meeting, the one meeting in Scripture that I know of. That the Scripture clearly says we should examine ourselves before we come. And we mentioned earlier that there is not a dictation given in Scripture as to how frequently. But the indication is we can do it as often as we like. Uh, and it is, I think, necessary that we remind ourselves on a regular basis of the infinite, infinite cost of our salvation. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for loving me. And thank you for dying for my sin.
and uh, for your patience with me. You have been so so patient and so long suffering, and I'm I'm so thankful to you for that. And I thank you for the family here and for their love for you. And I thank you not only for my church family, but I also thank you for my physical family. I have two sisters that are up in Boone. I have two granddaughters that are here. I have a family that are back in Cary. And I thank you for them, and I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts and their lives as well. You are so good to me, and I'm just really, really, really appreciative of that. Pray your blessing upon the meeting tonight, Lord. I pray that you would open my heart and open our hearts to your word and help us to to be receptive to what you have to say to us as we grow, as we share these things. You, We are here by your invitation. And uh, so I pray that our hearts will be sensitive to that and that you will be working and ministering in our lives. And if there are things in our lives that, that we should confess, if there are things that are hindering our fellowship with you, well, this is such an important time. I pray that you just bring those things to our attention that we can confess and forsake those things. We are needy people. We want to be like you and holy and love you and serve you. Help us to do that. I pray. 